0: hello beautiful souls welcome to the soul nectar podcast i'm your guide nadine hamilton bringing you juicy and enlightening conversations surrounding all things spirituality sexuality and self-love join me as we explore topics that inspire you to consciously create your own reality awaken to your true potential and infuse more pleasure into your life Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Soul Nectar. I am so excited for you to hear this episode, and you are really in for a treat. I sat down with the incredible, powerful, super inspiring Diana Min and really, really loved this conversation. We talked about a whole bunch of different things but specifically we really dove into money and wealth consciousness and abundance and I think this conversation about the energy of money, our relationship to money and our finances in general is so important and it's something that I have been doing a lot of work around and just really uncovering all the layers of conditioning and programming and limiting beliefs and stories and narratives that we've been taught about money and how much shame and judgment and just yuckiness a lot of us have around money and that kind of blocks us from being able to receive it and being able to feel fully worthy of abundance So, a little background on Diana. She is a New York City native who began her spiritual journey growing up at a Thai Buddhist temple surrounded by monks and meditation from the age of 5 to 15, all the while suffering unimaginable abuse in her private home life at the hands of her family's mental illnesses. Diana's addiction to alcohol and drug use developed quickly as she tried to escape the painful reality of her upbringing as well as her intense anxiety depression ptsd and borderline personality disorder these issues haunted her into adulthood where the addictions intensified and brought with them very unfortunate and traumatic circumstances at 26 years old diana suffered a mental breakdown which led her to seek out a shamanic healer who eventually led her to participate in an ayahuasca ceremony, a sacred plant medicine from the Amazon jungle that has been used in ancient cultures for over 6,000 years. Afterwards, Diana was able to break free from all of her addictions and eventually healed herself of all her mental ailments without any medications since then she has continued to spread the message of this incredibly healing plant medicine to the masses today diana is a transformational coach that helps to guide people on their own personal healing journey with the use of many different holistic modalities so as you can hear diana has a really profound story and is such a gift to this world truly just being in her presence and having this conversation with her made it really clear how much she is living in her purpose and really speaking from the heart. So what you can expect in this episode, as I mentioned, we spoke a lot about money, abundance, um, the energy of money, and also wealth consciousness shifting out of a mindset and belief system of scarcity. We also went into generational trauma and ending the different cycles and patterns in our lineages that have been passed down. We talked about the dark night of the soul, plant medicine, how to take the path of least resistance and really surrender to the feminine flow and allowing things to unfold with ease, not exhausting ourselves or equating our worth to our productivity. We gave examples of some really cool rituals that you can take with you and start to implement right away, as well as the keys to receiving, surrendering, and building an inner sense of safety and cultivating trust. And finally, we went into worthiness, the power and strength it takes to surrender, life expressing through you instead of you forcing and pushing and making things happen, and also boundaries as an act of self-love. So again, this is a really special episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. Without further ado, let's welcome Diana Min to the Soul Nectar podcast. Hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning back into Soul Nectar. I've been really, really looking forward to this very special guest that I have on the show today. So Diana Min, welcome to the show. I can't wait for this conversation.
1: Hi, Nadine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be
0: here as well. My pleasure. So the question that I always like to open up the space with is what has been the nectar for your soul recently? In other words, what has been deeply nourishing you on a soul level?
1: What has been deeply nourishing for me on a soul level? Mm -hmm. Hot yoga. (laughs) hot yoga I think you know with quarantine and studios shutting down I really understood how deeply my body needs to move as we were just saying you know off air how much um, being present in the body is such a feminine expression for us to move energy Um, and once studios reopened here um, in San Diego where I live I mean, my soul like completely like sang, you know, like birds sang. And I was like, yes, I was like back in the studio to do yoga with other people as well. And that connection with other people when you're doing yoga collectively um, is such medicine, you know, and to feel that community again. I mean, I could have cried, really. I think I did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so that has been uh, really grounding and really the nectar to my soul as of recent. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in different seasons, it's different things. But right now, that's something that I I don't miss like one single day of Mm -hmm. because it keeps me in balance.
0: Yeah. Amazing. I've actually never tried hot yoga before, but I so agree. Like as we were diving into a little bit before we started recording, like just being in your body and moving and expressing, and then on top of that, being in community with other pe- other people, other like minded individuals is so yeah. needed, Like just as being humans and being social creatures. Yeah. And I feel like especially, obviously, in the past year, we're so. Deprived of that, so yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think movement in general, you know, I think you know, with you know, quarantine, I think people really um, were stuck in not non movement, right? And mm-hmm. and you know, you can see a lot of depression and anxiety rise from from that. And you know, the reason I, I feel like energy is is. A tangible thing and it gets stuck in the body. And then when we don't move that, or we don't process that, or we don't do any type of like practice in which we are releasing energy from our body, what it's, it's like not taking out the garbage, right? It's like, it gets stacked up, it gets suppressed. We carry it, we become heavier. And then it begins to manifest into, you know, mental, emotional, um, things that that occur within us. And we're like, why do I feel this way? It's like, well, when's the last time you moved, you know? So Mm -hmm. definitely definitely
0: good medicine overall. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Something I've talked a bit about on the show before is like, we of course focus on our physical hygiene, but we never, at least in the Western world, we never talk about our energetic Hygiene and the fact that having like stagnant emotions and stagnant energies can manifest into physical disease and imbalances. So, a lot of the time or all the time, they're so interconnected. And by moving your body, especially in like a very feminine, intuitive way, like you are releasing energy and emotions that otherwise would just be stuck there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite is crying in hot yoga. <laughs> Like, I'm like, if I have a high yoga class in which I'm crying, like by the end, it's like, that was a good class. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Give me that emotional
0: release. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Just allowing it to all flow out. Um, I also really wanted to ask you if you're comfortable, if you could share a little bit about your own background and journey to where you are now and stepping into this leadership, coaching role, serving in this capacity, especially because from what I have heard so far about your story, it sounds like your reality now is so different than it was when you were younger. So could you tell us a little bit about that backstory?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm born and raised in New York. My parents are from Thailand originally, so I'm first generation here. Um, You know, like most children of immigrants, we've had a, you know, rough time um, trying to integrate into American culture while still trying, you know, kind of uh, like having remnants of our our parents' culture, right, Um, instilled in us and just, a little bit of this feeling of displacement and um, lack of rooting, right? That we have um, growing up, especially being in New York, which is a, in itself, is it just like a very rough environment to grow up in. Um, adding to that, that you know, um, my parents suffered mental disorders, um, which were, you know, as I know through my own work now, is generationally passed on. Um, from their parents and their abuse and their trauma. And then, you know, it's up to the the generation, one generation to be like, it ends with me. And I guess I was that one, you know, I, you know, before that, though, received a lot of um, abuse, uh, mental, emotional, physical Uh, abuse my entire life. And so I developed a lot of mental disorders from that um, anxiety, depression, borderline personality disorder, PTSD. I became an alcoholic and a drug addict very early on in my life. Um, And it was just, you know, a very tough, tough existence, um, especially as an adolescent, uh, trying to figure things out. And I mean, you know, I would, I would do well because there was a part of me that I was always trying to prove myself good enough um, as most abused children do, right? We we try to achieve um, for love and we try to accomplish for validation. And so even with all of that, I was still quote unquote doing well on an external level, on a, um, on a material level, um, but I was very unhappy. I was living in Manhattan, I was, um, doing very well in my career. And I was, you know, I had accomplished all that I had thought I wanted in my life um, in my like mid twenties, and then realized I was still really depressed and unhappy and unfulfilled and empty and um, was trying to figure out why. And so, you know, going through what some would call in our spiritual community, the dark night of the soul, right. Or, what other people would call as a mental breakdown. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I, I found myself wanting to take my life. Like I wanted to die. I wanted to disappear. I just didn't want to be here anymore. And um, in the middle of that, I I reached out to a shamanic healer. Um, all this is very like divinely aligned. When I look back at it, I'm like, I didn't even know her name. I just had her number in my phone. It was like, I had her number in my phone for about a year before I even called her. And but this time that I had called her, I'm like crying hysterically. She doesn't even really pick up her phone like that. Now I'm on the phone with a stranger crying. So I do this with strangers all the time. Just so (laughs) I'm on the phone with a strange woman crying. She's like, when you're ready to come see me, come see me. I went to go see her. Um, I started working with her for about six months of just deep, energetic, healing right deep shamanic healing um which for people that aren't familiar you know i can't really explain it it's it's a healing on a quantum level right multi-dimensional level there's drumming there's rattling you're you know you're you're in a meditative state um and things are happening energy is shifting um you begin to start feeling different the veils begin to drop right and so um Sorry, have to turn that off <laughs> um and so yeah then she actually was the one that introduced me to ayahuasca and after my first ayahuasca ceremony my entire reality shifted um it sobered me up completely so i wasn't i mean i wanted to continue to drink as an alcoholic, but I could, I physically couldn't like after my first ayahuasca ceremony, I would try to take a sip of a drink and I would get violently sick. So it immediately just cut out all of my, you know, um, alcoholism and drug addiction. And then, um, also through divine alignment, I would find myself in a second ayahuasca ceremony like a month after. And then in that ceremony, I was told that I would move to California. And at the time I, I lived with my partner, um, in like a three story house with his son and our dog, we had a whole family. And, um, that was not even like a thought to me. And then a week after that ayahuasca ceremony, I got fired from my job. Um, me and my ex got into our biggest physical fight Mm -hmm. ever, um, in which we had to break up and, and I had to move out and, um, it was just, you know, Sometimes when we think that there's like we we think these random thoughts. Um, at the time you might not even understand that like they're messages that like are being delivered to you inside your head. You know? <laughs> and some people will call this intuition, your higher self, your spirit guides, whatever. But a voice came to me like when I was like crying in my office, you know, in fetal position. And like my hand just like took like a life of its own, started to like just like grace my my hair, and I heard, I love you, and I will never leave you, and you're going to be okay, um, and then I just had this thought of, like, remember you visited San Diego two years ago? There was a girl that you stayed with at the Airbnb. Like, she was so nice. You have her number. You should text her, and I texted her, and I long story short, she needed a roommate. She found us an apartment. Within three weeks of that conversation, I had an apartment in San Diego. Within three weeks of that, I was fully moved. And I, it was the easiest move of my life. I didn't even really have enough money to move. And like, a situation with a credit card with my ex paying me out cash on on the furniture enabled me to have the exact amount of money I needed to move. It was just like, of course, Divine alignment. And like I floated out of New York. It was the easiest move of my life. And I found myself in San Diego. And I got here and I was just like, what just happened to me? Like, where where am I? Like what's going on? <laughs> and um, I just rebuilt my life from here from nothing from scratch, right? And I it really just started with me understanding I needed to continue to do the work for myself. And so I needed to continue to heal myself. I wasn't fully healed, right? I was in the in process. And so I was um, you know, continuing to do my work with the medicine. I would go to Peru. I would go to the jungle. I would go to the sacred Valley. Um, and I would continue. And then I built the community here because I didn't have a community here. So I just decided I'm going to create one. And I was able to work with really, you know, um, beautiful shamans and facilitators that work with such, which, such devotion and integrity to the medicine and i built a community and and just through doing my own work and healing myself leading myself through that transformation i became um somewhat of an expert in in this field and so um through that process i was able to then support and help others and lead them through their transformation and and it really like my business has taken a life of its own as as my journey continues to do so as well. Like, I feel like I'm just like along for the ride, right? Like <laughs> I'm in a roller coaster car and like, it's just going and I'm like, yay, <laughs> things are happening. And I'm like, and sometimes I have to do stuff, you know, sometimes I put my hands in the clay. Other times I just observe and I just watch things happen. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> you know? So um, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, I have, you know, complete trust in, um, you know, the forces that be, you know, this mystical magical universe that we co-create with, um, that I'm always being guided on the path of least resistance to my highest reward. And, and so it is. And so um, my business continues to thrive. I don't, I don't, you know really have any type of like normal business structure um from, <laughs> from a masculine standpoint but from a feminine standpoint like i'm just very much in flow and the people that find me are my, are my true soulmate clients. I just had a retreat um, a couple of weeks ago and one of my clients came up to me and she goes, you know, I never knew what you meant when you said you had soulmate clients, but now that I've met all of your other clients, I really understand <laughs> what you mean. And it's just like, we just, I just have deep soul contracts with the people that um, are called to work with me. And I, and there's such reflections of me and um, yeah, we're just deeply, deeply connected on this journey together and so I understand that my my purpose here right like guess what I went through in my life was hard and all that but I really understand that without that gift of my suffering and and my pain and and all the ways in which I had to you know figure it out um, alone I am now able to pay that forward and so that no one else has to really do that alone if they if they choose to you know invest
0: in in working with me so yeah Mm. wow diana thank you so 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 much for sharing that story that was so powerful and inspiring and not everyone is able to look back on their journey of trauma and struggle with so much gratitude and so much clarity and perspective and realizing like the beauty and the miracles and the lessons and how, because of that experience, now you're able to live in your purpose and to serve others in this really, really powerful capacity. So just honoring you, that is amazing. And as you're mentioning in the beginning of this story, like it sounded like as you were a child um, feeling the need that you needed to do this or achieve this or be this in order to receive like the love and the recognition and acknowledgement and acceptance that you were aching for. And now it's so evident that you've found that within yourself and you're like activating that in your clients and in the people around you. So uh, just incredible. There's so many things that I want to touch upon from <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, luckily we got time and we and- got time. Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging um, me in that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, my journey is, is, is not I feel like my journey is, is cool, you know, but also like everybody has a journey, right? Like everybody's, everybody's journey is special and unique, but also the same, like, cause we're all the same. Like we've all had to overcome things to, to be better, to grow stronger, to evolve into who we are now. And so, um, you know, we're all, we're all different, but we're all the same. So in that, I, I hope people
0: can see their story too, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Like, for people who are listening who are maybe thinking, wow, she's so resilient. I could never have a business. I could never get to a point where life and money feels easy. Like, it really is possible for everyone. And I love how you are actively shifting the paradigm, like, out of the kind of toxic masculine mindset of, like, I have to go, 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 hustle, 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 Mm -hmm. make it work, make it happen. My worth and my value in society equates to my productivity. But for you, you actually have this relationship with your business and your career and your finances where it's like an actual relationship that's nourishing and that You don't feel the need to like exhaust yourself all the time. So just a reminder for everyone that it really is possible and to question the stories that have been imprinted inside of you, that money has to be hard. Business has to be hard. Healing has to be hard. Um, Of course, there might be times when it's hard, but it really can be with ease and it can be a beautiful journey. It doesn't have to be as hard as everyone makes it out to seem
1: right right mm-hmm. especially coming from new york right like it, yes. <laughs> it is like literally the capital of hustle and i mean i had worked two jobs since i was 14 years old and i was very much exhausted from a very early age and continued to work very hard um you know into my 20s and you know just i think the imprint like you said from our whatever, from either our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, who did have it really hard, right? Like money was hard to come by. They've lived in lack and scarcity their whole lives. And when we we inherit that um, mindset and we inherit that um, energy into our being, into our DNA, really, um, it takes a lot of conscious work to reprogram your relationship with money, abundance, your finances, prosperity. And it's, it's like you said, it's a paradigm shift and it's completely Um, Mm life-changing.
0: So yeah. And it's, it takes work, but it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, definitely. I'm so glad you brought that up too, about this like programming and conditioning being passed down. And it is so true that like on a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic level, all of the levels. Like, yes, we kind of came into this world as a clean slate, but also not really. Like we are carrying, again, the conditioning, the traumas, the sufferings, also the gifts and the joys of our ancestry and our lineage and our parents and our grandparents. So it really is so worth it to excavate like what has been lingering in the shadows and what your subconscious wiring is, and then allow that to be conscious. And then you actually have choice. And instead of living your life in a way that's determined by your subconscious and your destiny being based off of your lineage, you can actually make that conscious decision for yourself. So Diana, I would love to ask you, what has your journey been like in making the shift into a mindset of abundance and wealth consciousness and empowerment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing to teach. Um, especially I, I, cause I coach a lot of women and I, I realize that women have most women have never really felt safe and feeling safe has a lot to do with receiving and receiving has a lot to do with trust And when you don't grow up in an environment where you can trust that you are safe, you don't, you tend to grow up and not really trust to receive because then you're out of control, right? So when you Mm -hmm. are not in control, you because receiving is very vulnerable and giving is where you can have control. And so, a lot of women that I work with tend to be in their toxic masculinity, of uh, being hyper controlling, and not trusting and questioning everything, and and um, just not not being able to receive at all. So, trying to help them really return back to their feminine um, in order to receive, you know, the birthright of abundance and prosperity and ease and flow for, for us feminine beings, right, is, is definitely a journey, but I it's one of my favorite journeys to take with my, my female clients. Um, for me, I think a key aspect of my receiving journey, right, my abundance, my prosperity, is releasing the need to prove myself and feeling good enough as I am. Because what does money really do for people? It gives them a little badge on their ego to be like, ha, huh, I made it you see, I did it. I'm good enough. You were wrong. <laughs> right. Um, and it, and it, and when we purify our desires from our ego, things just flow a lot more naturally because anything that it, that we're desiring from, from our ego tends to not really be supported by source. Source is kind of like, meh, you know, I'll help you with that maybe, but it's not really like like, it has to have a deeper why, like a deeper why, like, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of their goals are, um, have underlying themes of needing to prove themselves to others, to society, um, needing that external validation. Um, When you are still seeking that, a prosper, like, I, I feel like it slows down the process. You know, I think the most amount of abundance that, like, avalanched into my life was when I completely release the need to prove myself good enough through my financial gain, through the success of my business. And I just really just showed up because of the joy that I felt in showing up because of the passion that I felt in showing up and, and being steeped in those like deeper more authentic emotions, right? Well, those more authentic vibrations of higher vibrations of love, you know, and and being completely detached from the outcome. And almost like a trusting, like, like I know that through following my joy, my love, my bliss, my passion, I'm going to be abundant. Therefore, I don't have to focus on the actual number amount that I need to make within a certain rigid time frame right mm-hmm. because that's control and and then you end up sometimes receiving more than you wanted and maybe in a faster timeline than you had expected um because you release control of that outcome you release the need to um prove yourself worthy right but that has a lot to do with the work that you go into of your your own worthiness right like a lot of people have issues Um, around their, or I wouldn't say issues, but complexities around like their deservingness. And am I good enough to receive this? You know, if we are making affirmations and you don't feel like it resonates with you, we have to like peel that back and say, why not? Well, I don't feel like that can happen for me. I don't feel like that can happen for me. Like I don't, and why? Because I don't feel like underlyingly you don't feel like if you're worthy of that happening for you, like that can only happen for other people. Right. Like I'm not that special. I, I'm not that loved. I don't, I'm not, you know, that lucky to have that happen to me. And so then we have to really peel the layers back of like, where did you learn that you weren't worthy or deserving of receiving? And so again, it goes back to the trust, right. It goes back to, um, goes back to safety, you know, feeling safe, to receive. So, I mean, It's different for a lot of people, but for me, that was a big, a major lever for me. Once it, once you
0: switched it on, it was just like, oh, (laughs) here we are, Mm -hmm. amazing. (laughs) Yes, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think as like women in modern society have a really hard time receiving like we don't feel worthy of it we feel guilty there's no like foundation of safety and like you said it's so vulnerable like to fully receive and give up control means that you're surrendering um mm-hmm. and you don't have control over exactly what's going to happen you don't have control over the how you just trust that it's going to happen and that's such a huge component to manifesting anything in general is feeling into it, feeling that it's a reality, letting go of how it's going to happen and just fully 100% trusting that it's going to happen without attachment or expectation and without feeling as if you're going to be really upset if it doesn't happen. It just has to be totally surrendered. And um, because of how a lot of us we're raised, that's something that can be really hard to do at first because we're taught to like always think that we need to be in control over anything, which is funny because we're never actually in control of anything <laughs> in life. It's all a facade. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. One of my favorite moments in an ayahuasca ceremony is when ayahuasca was like laughing at me where she <laughs> thought like, oh, you think you have control over anything? You're so funny.
0: And that's I was cute. Like, Yeah. Like it was cute. Exactly. She's
1: like, you're so cute that you think that she's like, I'm going to show you how you have control over nothing. And she starts like moving my arms, like in like this weird, like kind of like flowy way. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's hard. That's a hard thing to let go of. Like you said, surrender, right? Like so some people like outside of, I think the spiritual community surrender equals weakness, right? Surrender Mm -hmm. means I've lost control. I am not, um, wasn't strong enough to micromanage everything and I you know surrender right white flag yeah. but surrender is really god surrender is such a it's its own journey right it's such a surrender is falling back into the arms of the divine and asking to be carried
0: yes. and then being carried there That's such a beautiful way of putting it. And I love what you just mentioned about, um, during your ayahuasca ceremony, like, um, being out of control, even of your body, like her moving your hands and, um, like recognizing that even our bodies have there, even if you're not like in a plant medicine journey or ceremony, like your body has its own consciousness and its own wisdom and um, your subconscious a lot of the time is in your physical sensations and you can get to such a deep point of surrender in different practices or ceremonies or methodologies where your body will actually move on its own. And that can be so healing because you see like how your body actually wants to express And release energy in different ways but the way to do that is through surrender and like you said when like in the western world when we think of the word surrender we think of the white flag and being the loser but i think it's completely the opposite it's having so much trust and faith in yourself in life in divine that you're like i don't even need to continue to fake being in control when i never was in control to begin with i can allow Life to move through me however it wants to with the least amount of resistance.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that feels so yummy in my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's the life moving through you. I think it's also such a huge game changer, right? Because so many people, especially if they're still living in that victim mentality is like, life is happening to me. Life is happening to me. I'm a victim. I'm battling it out with life. I'm combating against my circumstances. Right. And creates that like armor that we need on because we feel like we have to um, you know, just struggle our way through. And then Mm -hmm. your life becomes that, that experience. And then when you shift that into life is happening for me, life is happening through me. I mean, it's the difference between, you know, being in a river and floating down that river or trying to grass onto every branch or the bank of the river clawing into the rocks trying to swim upstream and you know getting injured along the way or just sitting back and allowing yourself to float and be carried to the ocean
0: you know yes ah oh, I love that metaphor and like either way you're in the river you might as well let go and yeah with it exactly and um like bringing it back to Money and wealth consciousness, also really doing the work of realizing what your stories are that you've created around money and like what stories have been inherited that are not actually true. Like for me in my own journey, Mm I, oh my gosh, I always like really, really judged people who were wealthy or who liked money or desired money. And I thought, in order to be a good person in this world, I have to be struggling. Like, I thought there was this like morality in it. Like, I have to be struggling. I have to be living in poverty and like helping everyone around me. <laughs> if I have a high paying job, that means I'm a bad person and I'm selfish, don't care any- about anyone else. But
1: mm-hmm. if we
0: think about the energy of money, which is, innately neutral all it's doing is amplifying the energy and the intentions of the person who it's flowing through so if Mm -hmm. more good people with good intentions who are living in service of the collective the more of us who have money and have access to these resources the more good we can do in the world so there really is no shame in desiring money and being a wealthy person yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I love that I love that I think that money is an expression of love, of like abundance. Like when we think about nature, right? Nature is ever abundant, even with all the things that we're doing to nature, right? Nature continues to thrive. And there is never lack, I feel like, in nature. With the grass continues to grow, the sun continues to shine, right? Right. Um, and I feel like when we tap into our nature, our nature, which is our most authentic selves, right. Which is connected to the divine that is flowing through us too. We are part of nature. We are also ever abundant Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and anything that's stopping that flow is created. It's not natural.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you are naturally like intrinsically supposed to be abundant. Like that is your that is your natural state. Mm-hmm. And so we have been taught, right, that that it, it, it is very unnatural to be abundant. And so it creates all of these blockages in the natural flow that is trying to come to us, And mm-hmm. right, in our prosperity, in our
0: financial wealth, in our whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So beautifully said. For me, I had a mindset of if I were to be wealthy, that would be taking away from so many other people. Or if I had a lot of money, that means more people have to live in poverty. And that's just not true. Like there's more than enough to go around for everyone, and realizing that money is abundant, it's not this like limited resource. So recognizing also the abundance that is already in your life and having gratitude for that is going to make it easier to continue to receive and allow this to flow through you instead of feeling the need to like grip onto what you have for dear life, because that is an energy of scarcity. If you think of money in your life as a relationship, it's not going to want to come to you and flow through you. If you're like clutching onto it, Um, Mm -hmm. it's going to want to resist that at all costs. Yeah. So I'm wondering, when working with your clients, have you noticed any main blockages when it comes to stepping into an energy of receiving and worthiness and of ab- and abundance? Like, what do people tend to be struggling with most?
1: Um, so much.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, um, the trust the trust. I also want to touch on what you just said, which is part of that, right? Hoarding. Mm -hmm. My parents were, yeah, yeah. My parents were actually hoarders. I grew up in a hoarding household. It's borderline. It wasn't as intense as what you see on like hoarders, the show, but it was, it was pretty bad um, as far as like clutter everywhere and, and, you know, just and filth and things like that now I love throwing things away and I'm a minimalist <laughs> like, I have very little possessions as if if I don't have to but if you think about why are we hoarding well we're hoarding because we don't feel we have to say well I don't know when more is coming so I need to hold on to everything I have now um because I don't trust that I'm going to be replenished mm-hmm And so that lack of trust and replenishment is actually the biggest thing because let's hoard the financial resources we have right now. We don't have, we don't know when more is coming. Well, the more that was coming now cannot come in because you've put out a blockage that more is not coming. And so now it's just stuck at the door (laughs) and and it's probably going to fly away. And, and so, you know, for me, I always come back to our breath when we breathe in, do we hold the breath? Because we're like, well, we don't know if the next breath is going to be here. So let's hold this one as long as we can. <laughs> and then we, we will pass out and die. So that's <laughs> kind of like, that's the flow, right? Receiving, giving and receiving, giving and receiving, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing. out. It's never going to stop. And that's the fear that people have is that my flow of abundance is going to run out the river is going to run dry. I won't be replenished and then trigger safety concerns. Right. I won't have enough money to eat, to pay my bills, to be whatever, to be taken care of. Um, and then I'm homeless on the street. My survival is instincts are now triggered. Right. And and now I don't know how I how I will live. And, and, you know, people, and then sometimes I just kind of take people into their worst case scenario. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's say that, um, more money doesn't come in. Then what happens? What are you going to do? Or like, well, then I would lose my apartment. Then what would you do from there? And they're like, well, then I probably move back to my parents. Okay, cool. And then what, from there, what would you do? Um, probably look for another job. Oh, okay. So you're not dead on the street. Amazing. You know what I mean? So sometimes we have to follow those fears all the way down to realize that you are going to find a way to adapt and to survive, evolve and survive. Cause that is, What makes us humans, right? We have these awesome strategic minds that we can think of things and we can get inspiration and we can do things. And we live in an ever abundant world where opportunities are constantly flowing to us. And maybe it's not the opportunity we thought it was going to be, but maybe it's a new one and being open to that being open, being flexible, right. And not having these very rigid expectations of where the money needs to come from, how it's going to get here, um, how much it needs to be and, and all that stuff. And so I think that that is a huge blockage that we work through eventually. And I think, I think it's, it's like, you know if you ever listen to Abraham Hicks, she's like, Where's zone teach experience teaches? Yeah, mm-hmm. it has to like, I have to kind of be with them, and then all of a sudden, that new opportunity comes, or that new chunk of money comes, or that the replenishment comes, and they're like, Oh man, I was stressed out, and I'm like, But I wasn't, and I knew it was coming, <laughs> and now you know, now you know, because now you've experienced it through the replenishment. And so we begin to gain that trust slowly through proof from the, from, from God, the divine that comes in and saves us every single time, every single time. And so, you know, I have people look back at their lives and say, when in your past, have you ever been dead on the street? And they're like, never. And I'm like, well then why? <laughs> why would that be a be a, a possible outcome in the future right and so it's just it's just reshaping how you interact with your reality right
0: yes uh, and it goes deep like again all the conditioning that are that our parents had and that um happened in childhood it usually has a lot to do with what we're continuing to carry Usually subconsciously in adulthood, like going back to your childhood and asking yourself, what was imprinted in me? Like when money was a conversation, if it even was a conversation in your family, what was the energy? What were the emotions that came up? And ask yourself, are you still like living in those emotions now? Like when you open up your bank account or you go to pay a bill, what comes up for you? Is it gratitude and trust that this money is going to come back to you? Or is it like... (gasps) this is never going to come back. I'm losing money. Realizing that it really is a flow. Like you were saying, like, it's just by you allowing the flow of money to go through you, you're opening up more space for it to come back. And Mm -hmm. everything that happens in the physical realm is also happening in the energetic realm and vice versa. So by like physically hoarding, whether it's money or objects or, garbage, I don't know, old clothes, whatever it is, like that's going to be stagnant energy in your space as well. So by clearing things out, you're literally creating more spaciousness in the physical realm and also the energetic realm for that to come right back to you and flow through. Yeah.
1: Very beautiful. We can hoard many different things and it all comes from an energy of lack and scarcity. Right. And so, you know, and I think about our parents too, you know, maybe back then, they were, they were taught that, you know, like they were going to be dead on the street without that. I talked to my father who's like in his seventies and he said something like, you know, I'm sometimes I'm just so surprised that I made it through and now i got two daughters and they're doing great. And you guys made it through. And it's just, it's just incredible. And I'm like, is it? (laughs) Is it like, you really thought we would all be dead on the street? Like 10 years ago, (laughs) you know, but it just goes to show, you know, we get to change our, we get to be in charge of our reality. We, we don't have to adopt the beliefs of, you know, our parents and our ancestors. We get to decide, you know, what our relationship with money is. And like, I love that you you call it a relationship. I call it a relationship too, because if we think about it like a partner, right. Mm -hmm. So if, I, if money was my boyfriend, right? And every time he left the house, which is when I pay a bill or I send out <laughs> or I pay someone, every time he left the house, I was like, don't go. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, are you going to come back? And I have this like anxious attachment. He'd be like, get off me. <laughs> I am coming home. I live here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, Or every time he's around... I don't even acknowledge it. Every time he comes with flowers and blesses my life, like every time I receive money and I don't even acknowledge it, I'm like, whatever, I expect it anyway. It's my paycheck. Duh, I'm supposed to get it on a Friday be like, I'm not coming back here. I'm not even appreciated here. I'm not even (laughs) celebrated when I do nice things, right? Everybody knows you have a boyfriend, you celebrate the small stuff. He starts doing more of it. It's the same thing with your money. I do a little receiving ritual when I receive money in any form, when I receive abundance in any form, whether it's somebody that offers me something, gives me something, I'm going to treat you to this meal, whatever, right? that's abundance. That's money. And yeah. if I receive $5 or wherever it is, I stop everything I, I'm doing and I just go, ha, ah, thank you. And I give my, I celebrate my receiving. I celebrate it. And I thank God. I thank the divine. Thank you for always taking care of me, making sure that I have more than enough that I'm always provided for. Oh, and just being and feeling in the emotions of the receiving, because then I'm creating more of that, right? More opportunities for receiving, and I think it starts with the little things. Like I have some of my clients to, if I give you a compliment, can you just receive them mm. They can't even. Sometimes they can't. They're like, you know, if somebody like, and you you felt that uncomfortably, so somebody gives you a compliment, you kind of look away, like, thanks. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hold eye contact with me, put your hand over your heart, and receive this energy that I'm giving you. Receive it. If you try to do a favor for someone, I have some people that struggle with receiving. They're like, no, 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 no. I can't. I can't take that. I can't. Yes, you can receive it because when you're not, when you don't want to receive, you're also hurting the giver. The giver love wants to give you something, receive it. Universe wants to give you something, receive it, right? Money wants to be given to you, receive it. And so if you have trouble receiving small things like a compliment, love, energy, a hug, You're also having blockages to other bigger forms of receiving.
0: Mm. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it is all interconnected, it is all related. And if you're struggling to receive money in your life, ask yourself what else are you not receiving? Just like you said, if someone gives you a compliment, if they say, Oh, I like your hair. Do you respond saying, Oh, I like your hair. Like (laughs) you you think you're being nice, but really you're deflecting it. So you don't have to fully receive instead of saying, yes, thank you. Like just say, thank you and receive it. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love what you said about rituals. I'm such a witchy ritualist. And I think it's so powerful to do these things because our subconscious receives information in a lot of ways, but through like physical sensations and also through symbolism and rituals. So I go all out. Like when I even pay my credit card bill, like I light a candle, I play like really great music and I make sure that like I smile and I get myself in a good mood and then I open the bill. And instead of what the reaction that I used to have, it would be like, (gasps) and it would be like grudgingly paying off this bill. I come from a space of gratitude and joy and it really does make such a difference yeah. um, and yeah. then also like you said when money is coming into your life fully receiving it like coming back to the heart space that's what I do and if it's a client or someone paying you directly like visualizing that money coming right back to them tenfold I always do that, oh, um, I like that. Oh, there's one more thing that I wanted to say that's I lost it It'll come back. (laughs) It'll come back. Um, but yeah, are there any other like little money rituals or things that you like to practices that you like to teach your clients? I, you know,
1: the money ritual for sure is something I think is so important to just acknowledge when you're being blessed with Mm -hmm. with abundance, right? And just acknowledging the abundance that comes in forms outside of money, like your health, right? Your your body, food, nutrition, your bed, blankets, pillows, place to live, your car, like acknowledging those things. One of my first words I speak every single day um, in my morning routine, talking about routines, I have a whole morning routine. It takes about an hour and a half (laughs) and um, I'm I need it. Right. It's, it's for my alignment. Um, but that, it's an hour of a meditation in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I do prayer, which is uh, basically connecting with the divine and expressing gratitude. And my first word that I say every single morning is thank you, God, for allowing me to wake up to another incredible day of life, because that is the most important mm-hmm. thing we have is our existence here on this earth, on this physical plane. And not everyone gets to, not not everyone got to wake up today. And I did. And that is abundance.
0: Yes. I acknowledge that every single day. Mm. You are such a beautiful person. (laughs) I'm so grateful for this conversation. And that reminded me of what um, I was going to say before is like acknowledging the abundance that's in your life. That isn't money. Like, when I I don't do it as much anymore, but when I was first getting into wealth consciousness and like um, rewriting my money narrative, I had a note in my phone where I would write down every single thing that I received. Just because having it in front of you, it makes you think like, "Wow, I am so abundant," whereas usually you would never recognize it. And it could be if someone pays for your coffee, if mm-hmm. someone I don't know. Buys you a sweatshirt. Like it doesn't have to yeah. be money. It can be literally anything. If yeah. there, if you went to park your car and there was still money left over in the meter, like that is abundant yeah. <laughs> that we just take for granted. So that really shifted a lot for me. I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's another one I think that would be that was super helpful for me. I went into an ayahuasca ceremony. Um, Back in October. And I think my intention was like more like I want more success, more clients, more money, more whatever, just more, Mm -hmm. more, more, more. And she was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Is this not enough for you? <laughs> she's so <laughs> sassy with you. I love it. <laughs> is this not, and I'm like, and I see myself like with the freedom of time working in my own business, having the ability to travel and, and just, you know, be, live in my purpose and like literally like rolling around in a bed of flowers, you know? And she's like, is this <laughs> not enough for you? And I was like, oh my god I'm so sorry this is totally enough (laughs) and so one of my most amazing affirmations that I use and when I say this my body like I receive shivers all the time in this moment I have more than enough Mm -hmm. and in each moment I am more than enough thank you and because when we acknowledge the enoughness that is now we actually are attracting and calling in more feelings of enoughness, more experiences of enoughness, more circumstances of enoughness. And when we are operating from a not enoughness, we are creating more of not enoughness. So always acknowledging that in this moment, it, I have more than enough.
0: Mm.
1: And in each moment, I am more than
0: enough. I have more than
1: enough. Yes. That was a game
0: changer. hmm yeah. Like releasing the expectations and the, and the attachments and realizing like w- the energy that I can choose to embody right now is exactly what I'm going to be attracting more of in my life. And yeah. trusting that, that's the hard part. Just trust. It all comes back to trust. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, this conversation has been so nourishing and I feel like a lot of people are going to get so much out of this. So thank you so much, Diana. This has been incredible. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I love um, ending off with some rapid fire questions if you're open to it. Yeah. Okay. First question, (laughs) if you could write any message on a billboard that millions of people would see, what would you write? Mm.
1: If I can write a message on a billboard that everyone could see what would I write I guess I would just go with you have more than enough (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that yeah (laughs) in this in this moment you have more than enough (laughs) yes
0: if you could go back in time and say something to your 20 year old self or your teenage self what would you tell her oh Poor thing. (laughs) I'll tell her, I
1: love you. Stay strong. This will be over soon.
0: (laughs) My heart. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, when I think of my teenage self, I'm like, oh, God. And what what makes you feel most connected to spirit? Uh, What makes me feel most
1: connected to spirit? Being in nature, I think meditation first and be being in nature first meditation second Mm. um because I I hear so much now I think since I've quieted down a lot of the trauma and the noise when I'm in meditation I'm like like hearing like voices and it's like clear directives and clear channels and just direct downloads and and sometimes it's just like that's honestly where most of my content comes from is from my meditations. Mm. Um, and it's just like channel this message, and I'm like, okay, and here we go, you know, yes. and um, and just being the vessel in which which you know spirit is flowing through. Um, but of course, being being in ceremony and and, and utilizing that space for for deep, deep connection, deep healing and transformation as well. So, you know, there's so many
0: channels, but mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Like even like when it comes to content creation, realizing that you don't, it, it doesn't have to be pushed out of you. Like it can come through naturally. And those are typically the posts and the, the messages that resonate the most with people and get the most reaction every time. Cause yeah. people can like feel into that energy
1: Yeah. The frequency, the authenticity, authenticity of it. Right. Like I have my assistant who also does my social media and she's like, can we just schedule things out? And I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) I don't know if that day is what is meant to go through. (laughs) You're not going to do that. And she's like, okay.
0: (laughs) Same. I'm like, this is coming through and it's coming out now. (laughs) Watch out
1: world. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and so I you know one day I feel like maybe I want to put some structure behind things some masculine structure behind things and allowing the feminine to flow but right now I just kind of I'm just kind of enjoying the flowing process so
0: yeah I so much yeah. okay the next question is what turns you on in life oh what turns me on in
1: life sharing love (laughs) sharing love in all the forms that I get to share it in you know whether it's with my clients or with my friends um whether it's in my content whether it's here on a podcast with you um you know whether it's in relationship it's just like when I get to be in my heart and I get to share like through my heart I can't even get emotional right now just thinking about it like I (laughs) it's just um it just lights me up it just lights me up because that's what we're here to do you know we get we're here to connect with each other and support each other and and um and be there for one another and I think um coming have coming from a background of being very disconnected from that right and um you know, if you think about the energy of like selfishness, it does come from lack and scarcity, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the sharing and the giving freely, right? Having an open heart to give and receive, receive love freely is literally what this entire existence is about.
0: (laughs) That single, like, couple of minutes could have been the whole episode and it would be enough. Like, that is the secret to life. And that is abundance is giving instead of hoarding everything to yourself, even if it's not physical things, like your time, your love, like just giving it and it's going to come back to you. Yeah. And not necessarily having that expectation, but just doing it because it feels really good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Last one. What is your favorite act of self-love? My favorite act of self-love
1: is boundaries. I think as an abused child, you don't really have a lot of boundaries. There you have zero boundaries actually. <laughs> um, and you were violated in so many different ways. And my life changed when I put down boundaries and said, "No, I deserve better," or "No, you're not going to talk to me like that," or "No, I am not going to partake in that," and I'm going to re, you know, um, rechannel my energy towards something else, and putting boundaries around my energy, my time, um, my heart, and not, and not, and we're not talking about defenses, which is different than boundaries. Boundaries is lovingly, loving boundaries, right? Yeah. It comes from a deep sense of self-love and respect and self-worth. Whereas defenses comes from like, you know, protection and, you know, fear and lack of trust. So definitely know the difference, but boundaries for sure change my life. And also for those who are listening, anybody that loves you, loves your boundaries, Anybody that loves and respects you will respect your boundaries. People with poor boundaries do not like when people have good boundaries. Mm. And so there's a lot of people that I've lost through having boundaries, but then I realized they were the people that were benefiting from my lack of boundaries Mm. and taking advantage of exploiting that, right? And so people deep compassion like us, people with big hearts like us, um, empathic people, need to have the strongest boundaries because why givers don't know, takers don't know boundaries. That's why givers need to have them. Mm.
0: Yes. And I think people might not like categorize boundaries as being within the realms of self-love. They also might see that as being selfish or greedy or not giving to others, but by having strong boundaries, you're going to be able to show up for the people in your life and serve them and give to them so much better. And from a place of overflow instead of from a place of lack, because you're so depleted from giving so much and people coming into your energy field and your space yeah. more than they should be doing. So right. yeah, it's one thing to, to decide what your boundaries need to be and then to actually communicate them, uphold them and honor them.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. It's yes. the ultimate form of self-love. honoring
1: your needs.
0: Hmm. Well, Diana, I just want to honor you. You are such a beautiful soul and a beautiful human. And I'm so inspired by you, your story, your journey. I'm like getting chills as I'm saying this and like by how you're showing up for other people. And I'm just so grateful that there's people like you in the world. So just thank you for showing up and serving in this capacity. And thank you for coming on this show. Thank you, Nadine. I'm so
1: grateful to have connected with you in this beautiful Mm. way and and grateful for this platform that you've created so that I can come and share this love with you and your audience. Um, I just actually got a quick download that I would love to share and we'll end it off with money is not linear.
0: Mm.
1: Money is not linear. And I just, you know, it, it came to me when you were talking about like giving and receiving openly and freely, you know, doing something for love will allow you to receive and it does not mean that you will receive it in the same channel that you gave it away right so a lot of times like I love to come on people's podcasts or I love to do free talks with people and things like that and I don't expect any type of monetary return on this but We don't, but it comes back in like another form of receiving later on down the line. And I see it all the time, not only within myself, but other people. I have a friend who is you know, he's a body worker (laughs) and he goes around and he gives people like free, like trauma body work. And he just like, loves it so much. And it's just like his passion. And then he made like $5 million on the stock market last year. (laughs) Yeah. So now he's a millionaire (laughs) Casual. (laughs) casually. Yeah. And now he just continues to like give out free love. And (laughs) he was the one that actually told me this and we were laughing. He's like, money is not linear. You go out and you do things for me, your heart. You go and do things out of pure integrity of your passion and understand that like the universe will always create balance. And so what you give out, you will receive and return and It may not be from the person that you gave it to. And that's, mm-hmm. that's all good. You know, so
0: I'm yeah. so glad you added that. Yeah. Like again, just dropping the how dropping the control of I'm putting out this, so this is exactly what I should receive from this person on this date and this amount, like, no, just dropping that completely. And by releasing control, you're opening up to the possibility of more and better than your little mind could have ever imagined. Like the divine (laughs) source spirit is always going to come up with something that our little human brains are not capable of even imagining. So Mm -hmm. allowing that room for possibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. (sighs) Yes. And I definitely wanted to ask you before we end off, um, how can people find you and connect with you and work with you and get more Diana in their lives? Um, well, you can find me on
1: Instagram. I'm at the urban Indigo, and that is my only channel right now that I'm working on and there's tons of content on there tons I share on there daily on my stories on my feed and um there's a link in my bio if you want more information on how to work with me an application you guys can fill out I will be launching a group program um very soon so there's an opportunity for people to work uh with me that can't exactly invest in a a, like a one-on-one container with me so um just giving more people access to this work I think is is a a service to the collective so just Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I'll be on there shining my light (laughs) (laughs) amazing and for everyone listening I'll have Diana's social media links in the show notes definitely go check her out and thank you again so much Diana this has been really incredible thank you Nadine I appreciate you Hi again everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did and that it helped to expand your consciousness and perspective in some way if you liked what you heard or just want to show some love it would mean the absolute world if you ranked and reviewed the show sent it to your friends or family and hit the subscribe button this allows more people to discover soul nectar keeps the show up and running and lets me know you beautiful people are out there listening And if you do leave a review, make sure to take a screenshot and send it to Nadine at bloomwithnadine.com. And I will personally send a very special gift over your way. Share this episode on Instagram or your other social media handles with your biggest aha moments and takeaways. I'd love to shout you out and hear what resonated with you. Okay, take care and I'll see you in the next episode, my loves. Bye.